Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to The Climax, a new sex podcast brought to you by me, Angelica Malin. And me, Rebecca Reed. We are journalists. Rebecca is an author. And we're going to be talking about all things sex during this season. This week, we're going to be talking about self-love, which very cleverly marries up to, we think very cleverly, marries up two things that we want to talk about, uh, masturbation and body image. So we're really lucky because this week we're going to be joined by Stephanie Eboa, who is um, also known as Nerd About Town, who blogs about her relationship with her body and and all of our relationships with our bodies. Uh, as well as lots of other wonderful things and Eve Simmons who runs Not Plant Based which is a website which kind of debunks all sorts of ridiculous health myths and basically talks about all the ways that we're taught to hate our bodies so yeah we're going to talk about body image and masturbation show is all about self-love masturbation all that good stuff uh, we're joined now by stephanie and eve if you guys could introduce yourself stephanie who are you my name is stephanie and i am a plus-size blogger and body positivity activist and i run my blog nerdabouttown.com i'm eve i'm one half of the literary duo notplantbased.com um, and we are a nutrition myth busting duo we also talk a lot about eating disorders disordered eating and recovering from having a strange uh, disordered relationship with food and your body and i'm so excited because these are two of my absolute favourite people talking about food and body image. So I am so pleased you guys were here today. I think the first thing that we wanted to ask was about body image when it comes to sex. To what extent have you felt kind of negative body image or positive body image when it comes to sex and kind of advice for anyone that's feeling like hung up on their body and that's affecting their sex life? Stephanie, is it something that you felt? Sex has always been a bit of a contention with me because I am fat and I choose to freely self-identify as fat. It's always been a difficult one for me because... I so growing up I didn't have you know the boyfriends and going out and the casual sex and all of that stuff I only really lost my virginity three years ago and up until then I was absolutely mortified of appearing naked in front of another person because at the time I was sort of going through loads of self-hate issues and hating my body hating how I looked when I looked in the mirror and it was like rolls and lumps and bumps and I was like I don't look like how you're supposed to look when you have sex like how would my partner ever find me attractive or want to you know do the deed while he had to look at all of this but then you know I had my partner and so when it came down to doing it for the first time it was really weird but I just all of those thoughts just completely went out of the window and I don't know if it's because it can't you kind of just get taken over by being in the moment and just being like turned on or whatever but all of those thoughts kind of completely disappeared as soon as you know it came down to that moment and yeah it was just really weird I, I wasn't thinking about my body or I wasn't thinking about how he would view me you know during those moments it was more about I was mostly thinking about myself to be honest and, <laughs> you know all of you know I was so and also because it was my first time I was so scared about it hurting and all of these other things are going through my mind that I didn't even have time at the time to even think oh what if he doesn't like this or what if he doesn't like that so yeah it's been interesting okay I think, up. I think it's a really interesting one about being a teenager because so I didn't have a lot of sex as a teenager I didn't lose my virginity till I was 18 and I was really trying that wasn't like a holding on for a thing <laughs> and I was not a I wasn't a fat teenager but I wasn't a thin teenager I was a very I was probably a, a big size 10 small size 12 very big boobs so very like not not a large person but compared to my peers I was way bigger because all my friends were size of four to six blonde five foot two so I was this huge brunette sort of person and I think the fact that I didn't have sex as a teenager was largely about 
me really even though I thought I wanted to I felt like I was really sending off this vibe of I don't want to be with anybody I was very defensive about it I wouldn't let anybody mm. get close to me and I think it was only really when I sort of started hanging out with older people who had like adult bodies rather than teenage bodies mm. that I found that I found I was able to kind of have sex definitely with. and if you've kind of gone through puberty earlier <clears throat> early or your hips have suddenly got big like you do have all those insecurities when you're younger see I was kind of the opposite because I was this like small little weedy thing for a long time and then I guess I got to like maybe sixth form college like at school I was always like really small terrified of boys like I went to girls school and I was always just so scared of like talking to any boy like I remember I had this like boyfriend for years and like we barely said two words to each other for like three years I mean it was ridiculous um once we went to the cinema and like sat on separate rows I was just like I remember just being terrified um I don't know what that was about but then I went to sixth form college and I don't know something happened I think it was my confidence I just all of a sudden really felt at home and I was like 16 17 had kind of grown into my body a bit never I was always like really flat chested and still quite small but all of a sudden felt like a bit more womanly but even then I remember just being like so terrified of sex like Mm -hmm. so terrified of boys and like being intimate with somebody and then not liking my body which actually now all of the work I do it's really interesting because I always feel hugely privileged that my genetic makeup is that I'm small and that's just the way that I am and that's my build but yeah that didn't really have an impact on how I felt about my body I still regardless of the fact that I was kind of quote unquote normal uh, compared to my like peers and I fit in I still felt hugely uncomfortable mm. and hugely self-conscious. I think being, I think not having big boobs can be a big part of that. I think when you're a teenager, Definitely. like I was always told by my friends, like, don't worry, at least you've got huge boobs. Doesn't matter that you're like a bit chubby because you've got boobs. And boobs were supposed to be this sort of magical, like, mm. it's okay that you're carrying some fat because you've got that one thing that makes you acceptable. And I guess if you're small and you don't have big boobs or much, much chest, that's kind of the flip side. You're lacking the, Absolutely. the one thing that makes you sexually yeah. viable. And I think that my friends who were a lot more chef- sexually experienced than I was were a bit bigger than me and they had a chest and so it was all about like they would moan about being big and I never really knew what that was like so I wouldn't be able to relate but I would be like but they'd be like but it's fine you know we've got great boobs and like men love boobs and men love a bit of like meat to hang on to and all that stuff (laughs) and I remember just being like ah what are they gonna hang on to um so yeah but but I do think that and this is all an awful I feel like a terrible feminist but in my experience I think that's got so much to do with finding the right person like all the sex I had before I met which wasn't loads um before I met my current boyfriend we've been together for almost five years was terrible mostly because I was so self-conscious like would want the lights off even when I was like blind drunk it was that you know that awful mm. like unisex where you don't really like understand know what's what face looks yeah. like yeah, yeah. Um, and you wouldn't be able to pick someone out in a crowd just like stumble home with them from Oceana so like <laughs> oh my god I remember Oceana good times so that was the extent of my sex life before I met Will it's just interesting isn't it is that how pornography like contributes so much to how we feel about our bodies when it comes to sex as well so like like you were saying about the big boobs as well it's like when you look at all of these porn categories it's like the women have like huge boobs and like small waists and like perfectly waxed vaginas and it's just like this is we grow up in this culture and we're expected to look like how, you know, how how these sex workers look. And it's just such an unattainable goal. So it's not that, real. It feeds into, you know, the the insecurity about our bodies as well. And we're all, I think we're all kind of of a similar age. We're all kind of mid-late 20s. So mm. we're the first generation who are having sex with boys who are seeing porn from the age of 11. So mm. we're the ones. And I, I was so surprised because I used to watch stuff like American Pie that portrayed boys as desperate for sex. And I would be like, so if boys desperately want to have sex, why don't boys want to have sex with me? because I'm not that bad and, and I think part of that some of that is that it's, it's not actually true not all boys are desperate for sex but also I think it's that they had been taught there was one correct body type to have mm-hmm. sex with and you were sort of failing if you had sex with somebody who didn't have that body type mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting so it sounds like so much of the work is internal not not external you were saying you were thin you, you say you had thin privilege whatever that means to us but and yet you still didn't feel confident and you were still doubting and not loving your body so it's not it's not an aesthetic thing it's not like thin people are confident and large people are not confident it's just how you feel in that process of someone saying to you like you're beautiful and feeling that completely and I think also that my privilege was such that I can't even imagine what it would be like if I didn't have that like if I didn't have that it would probably be so much worse for me because of 
like now I understand I've done a lot of work work on myself um and and now I understand that 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 as you said is very internal when it comes from a place of like always feeling a little bit not worth it and not worth Mm. anything um and so that that's kind of like manifests in the way that you feel about yourself externally which is sad and cruel and and I think is the case for a hell of a lot of women how how did it change when you had an eating disorder like with sex um um it was I so I was lucky in the sense that I had a partner my current boyfriend the entire way through my eating disorder so from the start I mean it was like a year and a half into our relationship when I started to become ill and I lost a lot of weight very quickly and like I said I've always been small so it didn't take long and then it was like we we still had sex and looking back now I'm like I don't even know how that wasn't awful but I think it was just a case of it got it got to a point where I was so unwell and so small that it was like he was scared about breaking mm. something. You've, um, you've written, yeah. I think, I think I've written, I've read a really beautiful piece that you wrote. It's on Not Blanc. Yeah, it? it's on my website. I think my, my, well, I've written one and then my boyfriend also wrote one. Yes, I read both of them. I like, very... bullied him into writing. <laughs> I, would rec- I would recommend people check it out because it's a really interesting, and you talk about how difficult that must have been for him and he talks about how difficult it was for him because you don't want to not have sex with somebody you love but in the same token when some sometimes eating disorders can be about desexualizing a body and eating disorders do tend to desexualize a body particularly anorexia so um, what a horrible hard position to be in yeah and i think he's the way he is in a, like his characteristics is that he's an extremely sensitive person and obviously there was so much else going on at that point in terms of like what was happening to me in my mind and our relationship that we didn't want sex to become something that was such a topic of conversation because obviously in this grand scheme of things it makes you realize really like that's really a tiny thing of it like mm. a p- tiny part of it and for me and him as well like it wasn't a huge deal so we we d- tried to just like well we did it we did it and then you know there was inevitably a period where we didn't really have sex um for a while and then um as I gradually like gained a bit more weight then then it got better but it's still I will say like it's it's hard and it doesn't sort of when you've been through I think a lot of emotional turmoil with a person to then all of a sudden go back into having a really like carefree fun sex life like that's quite Mm. a difficult Mm. thing what do you guys think about sort of taking steps to make yourself feel more comfortable so for instance I read an article recently which made me really angry which was telling women what to wear for their body type during sex Mm. and so my knee-jerk reaction was that's disgusting there was one that said like if if you're an apple shape which is the worst thing in the world basically you're either thin or you're an apple shape yeah. those are the yeah. um, so if you are a quote unquote apple shape you should wear a camisole to cover your stomach was the advice but then part of me and I, and I had a big rant about it but then somebody else said to me okay but then if that would make you feel more comfortable and more able to have sex maybe that's okay so what do you guys think you shouldn't be with someone that wants you to wear a fucking camisole yeah like, <laughs> sorry ever no that's ever. true I just think just wear whatever you feel comfortable in wearing mm. I think at the end of the day if it's you know if you are a bit more I don't want to use the word reserved but if you you know like purchasing expensive lingerie and, and things like that and you want to look nice for yourself as well as your partner then by all means do it Equally, if you want to get butt naked in bed and, you know, spread eagled, waiting for them to arrive, then again, that's, that's, that's fine. Like, uh, those kind of things, I think, is totally fine. I don't think in terms of sort of steps to, I guess, feeling comfortable before you have sex, I think as long as you're comfortable with your partner and you are all, you know, ready and lubed and ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, I just I, I wonder about it because sometimes, for instance, if I want to like for a long time when I started having sex, because I used to have very uneven boobs, which happily evened up as I got older. Um, I used to insist on keeping a bra on at all times. Really? And I I was probably tw- I was probably twenty two before I had sex without a bra on. Really? And because like, I was so mortified by my boobs, mm. and part of and I think the the body positive advice would be that I should be comfortable with that and I should feel good about it. Mm. But the real person advice mm. was I, it would have been not having sex or having sex with a bra on. Mm. So I guess the bra on was I think at times the body positive movement can 
isolate women to an extent mm. because it's quite a hard thing to ask someone to love their body and like a lot of times we don't I think kind of body neutrality sometimes that like I don't love it or hate it I just yeah. accept it and that acceptance for me feels like something that's easier to do because I don't wake up every day loving what I see but I accept that it is I also accept it and I also move past it that I I'm think, not defined mm. by it it doesn't change my success or my relationships it's just a thing that I have to exist in I think also I like to work on the basis that while I am not always comfortable happy with my body that doesn't make what I have to say more or less important mm. and I think working a bit in the public eye every time I do TV people reply being like that ugly bitch shouldn't be having an opinion and it's like do you see that those two things don't go together mm. it wouldn't matter if I look like I've been smashed in the face with a bag of dicks I still get to talk <laughs> it's, it's like the two like... things aren't mutually it's like when people and I like the health thing really annoys me as well when people try and use the health thing as like a justification yeah. Yeah. and it's like just because okay number one me not being healthy whether I am or not is absolutely F all to do with anyone else but me and mm. maybe like my immediate family and number two like that doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of respect and yes, like yeah. you know kindness and just general human being niceness I just that mm. really annoys me have you Stephanie have you found it being part of like the body positivity movement and writing about it have you received like a lot of grief of people being good about it uh yeah well I actually don't um align myself with the body positivity movement I haven't done so for about a couple of years now and that's mainly because the body positivity movement as as it started out is no longer represents the bodies that created the movement mm. so the body positivity movement was created from the fat acceptance movement and that the, that movement was to celebrate bodies that fell outside the realms of what society considered beautiful so it was from it was originally called the fat acceptance movement but as it's become a lot more marginalized and a lot of brands have mm. hopped on board and now we're, we're seeing that body positivity really is about sort of sort of size 12 to 16 very pretty mm. white women with yeah. hourglass shaped I am curves. actually very very guilty of this because I think I fit in that exact category yeah, I think that is fair <laughs> and, 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 and this girl said to me the other day who's not just like I won't say who she is but she said um, the thing is you can get away with putting naked pictures on, on Twitter or Instagram as long as you put a caption up body positivity because then no one can say anything and I was like okay that is evil that you're saying that but actually how many other women are the exact same like it's like you're an acceptable bigger body yes. yeah right. so that's what body positivity is now it's like it's full of sort of acceptably fat women mm, and yeah. sort of the women that created it which was actually sort of size 26 to 28 black women in America they were the ones that created the movement so the movement no longer represents I don't feel like it represents me mm-hmm. I don't see people that look like me part of the movement anymore yeah. so I sort of align myself to the fat positivity movement but equally I think with these sorts of movements what tends to be ignored is that like you said I think people who have bodies that are you know I guess within the privileged realm or people that have who are smaller their opinions and feelings towards their own bodies are very valid and I'm not a big fan of sort of telling somebody well you should love your body and how can you say that you don't love your body when you look like society's mm-hmm. ideal and I, I I'm not a big fan of that because while that may, may be true somebody may be going through their own in internal struggles yeah. with their body and I don't think it's fair to tell somebody how they should feel about their body mm-hmm. so I think yeah when it comes to body neutrality I kind of I am a fan of that way of thinking because you don't necessarily have to love your body even though that would be the ideal mm. as long as I guess you're on that path to not hating your body yeah, yeah. then then it's all good just yeah I, I I completely agree that I actually went and I had CBT for disorder eating and I remember I sat in there and the therapist was like oh but you're but you're normal looking and I was like that's <gasps> completely wow. yeah I know I mean and that's, that's terrible. Terrible. Also, not I, uncommon I though not, not uncommon, not uncommon. Mm. and also she had unfortunately had very disordered eating and oh she God, where did you find her I know when I was I was, I was she's going NHS. <laughs> um, yeah, and she had very disordered eating, and she her husband was a personal trainer, and he'd decided Good. that she shouldn't have carbs anymore, and she was like, "Oh, I do miss a pie." Well, so you, you the worst. Not, you I know. Not know this about your therapist. Your oh therapist shouldn't be telling yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, no. She was like, "Yeah." She, so uh, seven nights, so seven nights in the week, and five nights after work, she'd go to the gym, and she told me all of this, and so I was like, made to. Th- I came out oh. thinking she's got more of a problem than I did. I, you know, I was just like a bit too into exercise. I felt like I was a bit of a problem, yeah. so I went to my GP, and I had. had sessions or things are healthy things to do and yeah she she had such a further problem than terrible. I did I know it's fair, not uh, yeah That's, I mean, and they, it does they, really turn you off from therapy as well yeah, yeah. but the thing is on the NHS that shouldn't I mean that shouldn't be a thing because they should be screened that's the whole point yeah. like especially mm. if you're if you're seeing people with severe eating it's like, oh god because yeah. that could have uh, you're a relatively kind of well supported person with a good network exactly if, you were some, mm. if, if that was your only influence well I'd come out and call my boyfriend and he's like this isn't normal 
or like yeah. don't worry yeah, yeah. well I've had like doctors and GPs say to me like someone actually the other day I said like I want to put on some weight and um because like technically I'm underweight and I was like I'd quite like to put on like two kilos or something and the nurse was like that's quite a lot and I was like read my notes yeah. number one God. and number two again imagine if I was someone who was like very very obviously like I do a lot of work in this area yeah. and I know things but if I was very very vulnerable and didn't have that knowledge and was terrified mm. of even going to my GP or seeking mm. any sort of health professional um, advice that would completely yeah. I would crumble. Yeah. Yeah. I went so to we... I went to go get a smear test last year and I was chatting to the nurse afterwards and I mentioned that I was thinking about having children. She was like, Oh well, you know, you might want to just look into reducing your weight a bit first. And I was like, Do you know what? That's really, really cruel. I am very fit. I go to Barry's boot camp twice a week. I can run like a motherfucker, mm. I can lift really heavy stuff. And okay, I am medically a bit overweight, but I'm not, you know. And, and even if I were, if I want to have children, they should be teaching me how to do that, how to protect the baby and not yeah. get gestational diabetes. Not saying before you before mm. you can have a child, you have to lose a stone. And actually, the statistics show that being a bit overweight is a, is actually on the scheme in the scheme of things really not that. Yeah, well, it's, your it's more about what you eat when you're pregnant, I think, mm. and, and and how you act when you're pregnant, and and the, and also not gaining much much more weight when you are pregnant is the mm. other kind of. And there's loads of women who are really un, like a little bit underweight, want to get pregnant, and are snorting cocaine every night and going back to sex one of the things I wanted to ask you both about is people having kind of fetishes for body types so (laughs) (laughs) oh I've got so much to say on this please jump jump on it I think it happens both with being bigger and being smaller but I think it's particularly I've had a lot of guys be like oh my god your tits oh my god your body I did watch a programme about um, feeders and fat sex very strange I can't unwatch it so yeah so feederism is such a huge fetish within this whole dating and online dating and porn and all of this stuff so as a darker skinned black fat woman it's absolutely disgusting out there so I, I'm often when I'm on dating sites and things like that I do get quite a lot of attention from men who want me to like sit on their face oh or like God. shit in their face or like just like <laughs> they want yeah. to feed me <laughs> men the best. or it's just it's absolutely disgusting and but then equally it's like I think because I I look the way I do it's so much harder for me to date because I I feel like there isn't anybody that because I'm not an acceptable fat it's more difficult for me to find somebody who would accept me at this weight so I've often found that I do go onto these like feederism websites not because I have that fetish but because there are men on there who just prefer bigger women and it's absolutely horrible when you sign up and you just come across all of these really horrible men that just say the most disgusting things and they don't like you as a person they just Mm. like the fact that you are this weight and they see you as an object and a thing to just you know dispose of after they're done and especially I guess like bringing even bringing race into it as well because I am black I do get a lot of people um predominantly white men as well saying oh are you a bit of a dominatrix are you this are you bossy are you aggressive are you sassy and I'm just like Mira Love Island Yes, yeah. well, exactly. And yeah. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm actually quite like. Sass, sass, I'm actually sassy. 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 She was very well educated. It's just, it's, it's a really horrible stereotype that's been put on black women since the beginning yeah. of time that we're aggressive, that we're this, that we're that, that we're strong. And it's just like. And interesting to see that translated into sex. That into they think sex that they things. think that I'm going to be demanding and stuff. And I'm like, I'm actually quite submissive, actually. I'm I not was, any of these things. I was always shocked when I, so I used to spend a lot of time on the London BDSM scene. And those clubs are so white and then and then there's maybe a couple of Asian girls and then maybe one or two light-skinned black girls but that would be it in a whole lineup. and wow. if there were if there was a dark-skinned black woman you know she'd be there in a corset with a guy on a lead every single time and I went and I presume that's just because the expectation leads into what you feel able to do but it's still yeah, so it's depressing. weird I kind of I think it's definitely stems back to a sort of racial thing because I'm currently reading a book called British by Ethel Hirsch and she mentions this in her book actually about sort of the dehumanization of fat black women and how we're likened to apes and monkeys and so when men look at us they see us as these aggressive primal creatures that would just like take control and and they kind of want to colonize and they kind of want to yeah like there's this whole jungle fever thing going on as well and it's just like all i want to do is just find a relationship i don't want to like navigate my way through all of these fetishes and it's either it's like 
two extremes when you're plus size it's like you either get no attention or you get the wrong type mm-hmm. of attention and either way you're dehumanized anyway so it's just like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, we just want to be so treated hard. as... What does that do, like, in terms of your confidence? You know, you said you go on the website. Yeah. It, when you go on, like, the feeder's website, would that make you feel more confident? No, it just makes me feel really rubbish because I feel like I shouldn't have to go on, like, a really weird, um, I guess... Like, niche side. Niche yeah. subject in order to feel appreciated or to feel you know attractive like I just want this sounds terrible but someone that's not into those fetishes someone that's just normal just to find me attractive like I don't want it to be seedy I don't want it to be insidious yeah I don't want it to be like a weird fetish that's like on the underground scene like I'm only going to be attracted to these to these people that are into all sorts like I just want like just a normal person that would find me attractive I guess and I think that I think the, the sexualization of fat bodies really needs to really needs to be kind of thought about because usually when you see a bigger woman particularly if you go past that sort of 12 to 16 mm. fat acceptable thin passing place what you get is a very 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 cinched in waist, waist in a corset yeah. and huge boobs falling out over the top of it and, and a really and a really big bum and kind of in knickers to make it make your ass look bigger yeah. and they make you into this you're basically a, a set of circles tied together in the middle with a tiny tiny waste because that's the way to make something but it's it's like they can fashion anything into being acceptable if you make it look like a bigger version Mm. of a thin hourglass figure yeah it's so true that's really distressing to watch I mean so one of the things we also wanted to talk about is masturbation in terms of body confidence and relationship with your body so do you guys think that masturbation is like a helpful useful thing for people to do yeah I think in terms of like helping personally in terms of helping how I feel about my body I don't feel like having a wank makes me like <laughs> love what I see in the mirror anymore um, but it's in generally in general rather it's a good thing for my overall well-being yeah um, and like relaxation and all the rest of it and I think that helps you to kind of like feel at one with I think it, it helps you to like connect with your body if you're someone yeah. who's quite used to being in your own head like I find it really helps you sleep as well yeah I was Very just true. about to say it helps you sleep I think it helps you get to know your body better so that if you are with a partner you know exactly how to tell them to do certain things and yeah it is yeah self self-care self-love I think it's, it's, it's kind of it shares territory with yoga like it helps mm. you ground yourself mm. in your body. Yeah. Um, but it's not as much effort as yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me happy. Yeah, for sure. And you can do it lying down. But yeah. Then yeah. I do, I do feel like it's something that still has a taboo to it and guys can be quite intimidated by. I think even the word wank I have problems with because I <laughs> don't, I don't know that I feel like I'm having a wank to be honest because I feel like wank is such a, it's such a masculine it's word. It's such isn't a masculine it? word. It's really been taken over by men and I, I don't feel comfortable with it. I feel like we need to invent a new word I feel yeah. sorry about horny I hate the word horny no, I hate the word yeah. horny it just doesn't I don't feel like it really but I wouldn't say like male. wanking is what I do I don't know I doesn't, it doesn't necessarily I think maybe like if that. I'm honest with myself I use the word, word wank because it like softens it if I'm laughing at it yes, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's a silly word wank yeah. is funny yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if I'm like I'm just going to go masturbate now masturbate is very medical as well I think I definitely think we need okay well our listeners if you want to send us an email yes please with a new word that we can coin reinvent the wank like reinvent the wank um you know but i do i do think that guys um are intimidated by it and i've i've had partners in the partners in the past where you've tried to bring masturbation like into the bedroom and that's been something that's almost like oh that's that's a bit strange and like that mm. i don't feel comfortable with it yeah i think it's quite for me it's quite a good um filter any guy who is uncomfortable with the idea that you get yourself off is probably not a guy you should be with long term yeah but then to be fair that's my answer to everything and then i don't like i'm like well it's not right for you then yeah. That's um, a sign. It's, it's it, my my advice is usually like dump them and find a new one. But I think <laughs> I think masturbation is really important. I think also men, broadly speaking, tend to masturbate. Mm. I don't know whether anybody knew that. And yeah, that's like mm. brand new information. Really? Wow. Yeah, boys like to wang. What about? boyfriends who don't talk about masturbating like then what are they doing it but are they doing it so different? my husband is so I, he really annoys me about this oh so if i go away for a couple of nights which i do very rarely because we're very codependent i'm like did you wank when i was away and he's like can we not talk about this and I'm like, oh no come on tell me what did you do? And he'll be like all right yeah and i'm like okay what did you watch what did you do where were you and i'll be like can you not 
Yes. <laughs> but I'm so fascinated by it. It is quite fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Talk, well, I want to know if he thought about me. Oh, he did. Mine definitely didn't think about me. Oh, really? Are you okay with not. that? Yeah. Oh, I'd be annoyed. No, I'd yeah. be annoyed too. Yeah. I'd be like, well, who are you talking about? Who is she? Who are you thinking about? Also, he's if it's a celebrity, I'm okay. It's because he pretends. Well, sometimes he'll be like, oh, I was thinking about this. And then he'll like, insert me into the fantasy. And it's like, I know I wasn't originally in that fantasy. You lied to me. <laughs> Just like slotted you <laughs> exactly. in there. Exactly. Yeah, you are. somebody else. But actually, when I must admit, I don't tend to think about actual people. It's very, like, anonymised. Like Sims? No, like, my people don't have faces when I'm, when I'm wanking. Like the Sims? Yeah, kind of. I don't wank over the Sims, but a Sim would be a good sexual partner for me. Sex like, Sims? I don't, I don't, do you, do you having over, a Sim. Do you wank over real people? No. I don't. I, I find it really off-putting to do that. I wank over, like, what? memories. Like that, I think I make like a montage in my head of like good. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. Like sex memories, not just like. My dad into it. Oh, <laughs> never get to wank again. There's a really great bit in um, this show called The Bold Type, which everybody should watch. It's terrible. Journalist. Never watch it. It's so good. And this girl's oh trying God. to have a wank, and she's like, so she's like, I'm in a cotton field, and then this Confederate soldier comes over and slits my corset open with a knife, and then I realise, wait, if he's a Confederate soldier, that means he's probably on the wrong side, and then I'm. On the wrong side of history, and that's kind of how I go. I'm like, oh, this story is going too far. Yeah. Mine, mine are like, have you ever seen? So, has anyone seen When Harry Met Sally? Here, mm-hmm. I'm assuming mm-hmm. everyone has. You know where she's talking about her sexual fantasy, and she's like, a man comes, takes off all my clothes, and that's it. That's literally <laughs> that is like simple, yeah, super simple, basic, to the point. Don't yeah. really need much. Much story. No, I find also with masturbation, I can come in about sort of a minute and a half, and then whereas with sex, like I like build up and I like some time. Up. Masturbation, I'm just like, okay, cool, done. quite efficient. That's over then. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't actually like enjoy keeping it going. I've got stuff to do. Mm. <laughs> I don't really so great in it that much. Time. Yeah. Get in, get out. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for being this amazing guest. If um, people would like to find you uh, in terms of the internet, not, <laughs> not, not in real life, <laughs> so um, give us your address. Where would you like them to go and look? I'm at uh, nerdabouttown.com and nerdabouttown on Twitter, nerdabouttown on Instagram. That's so pleasing. <laughs> That's beautiful. It. I'm the same. Uh, notplantbased.com on the internet. Um, not plantbased on Twitter and not plantbased on Instagram. And my personal Personal Twitter and Instagram is um, Eve Simmons, but without the O because there was another Eve Simmons, not just because I'm <laughs> a bit weird. And Fab, thank you so content. much, guys. Thank you guys so much. That's been really fun. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And now, a word from our sponsor. The Climax is brought to you in association with intimate brand Lilo. Swedish-born Lilo is one of the world's leading brands for designer-led intimate products. From high-quality pleasure objects to bedroom accessories, candles and condoms, they've got something for everyone. Lilo is a little like us, driven by an insatiable curiosity, a desire to explore and refine the boundaries between sex and the 21st century. Lilo is all about the quality, a heritage brand based on craft, unexpected innovation and being entirely different from everything and anyone else. For more information to explore your own sexual desire, visit www.lilo.com and we're offering an exclusive discount for the Climax listeners. Use the code lilo for you to receive 20% off products. Thank you to our sponsors, Lilo. So, I'm going to kick off the reviewing this time. This week, I was getting acquainted with the Lily 2. 
which is £115 from Lilo.com, our lovely sponsors. Um, and basically, it's a vibrator. It's basically, it's sort of the upgrade of a bullet. So with a bullet, you know, it's that really basic, simple shape, and you know exactly what it does. This does everything a bullet will do, but way better. It's a sort of like pebble shape with a slight bend in it. So it's got an almost very gently U shape to it. And you can use, it's designed to go on your clitoris. It is a brilliant toy. It's particularly good during sex. Um, most women don't orgasm from penetrative sex alone. So the brilliant thing about this is if you're having sex, whatever position you're in, whether you're a missionary, whether you're doing it from behind, whatever you're in, you can make it work. Mm. Uh, my favourite ways to use it are a missionary. Either just gently hold it on my clit, or actually if you put it on your clitoris, it'll generally speaking stay there. Or using it from behind and holding it on my clit whilst... And I tend to think with doggy style, with a toy, it's great to have a couple of pillows under your hips so that you can kind of relax into the position rather than kind of bracing yourself on one arm mm. because if you're holding a toy with one hand and bracing yourself on the other arm that, that can yeah, be really uncomfortable yeah and also you can get a numb hand which nobody wants <laughs> so yeah it's really quiet I know we've said this about Lilo's toys before but I can't praise it enough because when a toy is noisy it's distracting it brings you out of yourself um, just not a great situation so this is honestly almost silent like I would use it in a house share it doesn't make me it didn't make me uncomfortable at all it is apparently scented with either bordeaux and chocolate or rose and wisteria or lavender and manuka honey yeah you had the bordeaux one i had the bordeaux one i'm not gonna lie i don't i don't tend to smell my sex toys so that wasn't a major draw for me mm. um, but you know not a bad thing doesn't not do a bad anyone. thing i suppose if you're using it with a partner maybe yeah kind of sensual i mean area. i would rather have a glass of bordeaux and a piece of chocolate um <laughs> but it didn't take nothing away from it and it is a brilliant toy i really strongly recommend it i think it would be one of those things where you'd have it and you'd use it again and again and again and also the lifespan i've, I've got lilo toys that are sort of four four five years old still working incredibly well they really yeah. do last what it, kind of uh, person do you think this toy would be good for is it like quite a good introductory entry level so toy? unlike some toys this is just as good for a single person or somebody who's using it alone as somebody in a couple it works brilliantly when you're using it together but it's also a really great way to have a wank if you're not that into internal penetration mm. and also if you are into internal penetration you can either use your fingers inside your and the toy on your clit or you could use a dildo or something else inside yeah, you so you've time. got a lot of options mm. just good to have just a classic classic the, vibrator it's the like it's the really good blue jeans of the sex toy collection it, it like it occupies that pace in your wardrobe of something that you can always use you're never going to regret having mm. and it's worth investing in it's, just, it's like a capsule wardrobe sex piece fantastic and that's available from lilo.com and if you use the code lilo for you you get 20% off which is a really great thing so I tried out the Sona which has been sorry for the bad pun but it's making waves in the sex toy industry I am so excited to hear what you think about this because I love it a little bit about the Sona so um, it's for your clit and it uses sonic waves so unlike other vibrators um, it uses sonic waves and they say this is this means that it can kind of access parts of your clit that you didn't know you even had and it gives you a different kind of feeling the first thing I really noticed when I was using it was that the sensation was totally different from anything I'd used before like like we talked about bullet vibrators which is quite like intense in one area quite targeted it felt a lot more like a fluttering feeling um, and that's down to the sonic uh, waves and it has eight different modes and you can either have it on just constant where it's just like exactly the same pressure throughout or you can change the modes and there's like a stop start one or there's like a crescendo one there's loads of different stuff so the one thing I would say is like having to click through the different modes to get to the mode you want to get to can be like a little bit confusing but when you find the one you like if you leave it on there it will stay on that one when you turn it back on oh that's good so it is I agree with you it is a bit frustrating but with my one I know exactly which one I like and it and I know I know because you can also change the levels mm. and I like it on one specific one and it remembers which I really appreciate that's really good so yeah so you can move through these eight different modes and then there's a plus and minus button so you can control the the speed of that I actually really like some of the modes I felt like it was a bit like a deep tissue massage but for that area it's just so unlike anything I've tried I think it's closer in experience to oral sex than it is to anything else that's the best kind of comparison I think you're right because it has that kind of sensual build up because it doesn't feel like the vibrations are just on one area it yeah. really does feel like your whole kind of clear area is involved so I really like that and I felt like it had more of a build up than other toys I've used which is just like really constant and then that's it it has like a more of a sensual feeling I uh, found it was a totally different kind of orgasm 
like mm. absolutely incomparable. The orgasm itself. Yeah, it was like the orgasm that I've had with it. I'm much more likely to have a multiple orgasm. Um, my orgasms last longer and they're more intense. Mm. So I think that it's a really, really interesting experience. But I know some people have said that it's too intense for them mm. and it doesn't necessarily suit them. Intense is definitely the word I'd use for the sonar. Like when I first started with it, I was like, whoa, what is this? Because it's just so much more like present and powerful than anything I'd tried. And like, I was a bit like, I don't really know how to control this. It's so intense. But just kind of like learning how to like move it slightly. So perhaps it's not like so directly on you. It also has a really nice function called cruise control, which is not something that um, it happens automatically. So you don't know what's happening. But basically it saves 20% of its motor power. So when the motor drops, it has like 20% of battery that it can use. Essentially what that means is similar to cruise control in a car is that it never drops in like tempo and speed. So if you'd notice, like it kind of has this like delay where it will, it'll boost it up. So it always feels the same amount of intensity. So it doesn't get that thing where the battery's running down and it becomes less and less. No, that will never happen with this toy because they have this cruise control built into it automatically where it can sense when the motor's running down and it has this 20% in reserve. That's really clever. It's really clever because I've had so many sex toys in the past that you're like kind of getting close and then you're like, oh, it's not. Because the reason it drops down is when you put more pressure, when you push it further against yourself, the motor will drop. So it can tell when you're pushing it further against yourself and it will make sure that it's like the same pressure and consistency and speed and everything. So that's great. And it's just one of these great things that's happening without you realising. I have to say, I've tried uh, lots of different brands who are doing a very similar style and Lilo's is, I have to say, even even though there are wonderful sponsors, totally impartially, I would say that Lilo's is by far the best. Mm. And I think the thing about Lilo is they really invest in the research and the tech. They really think about what they're doing and they don't, you'll, you'll never buy a toy from Lilo and have it be kind of second best. They really Definitely. do. Apparently that was like the most common complaint of people they spoke to was that your sex toy drops in that in the power just when you need it to not do that. So yeah. that's what they've, they've fixed with that. So I, I'd say it's probably not the best toy if it's like your first ever sex toy. No. I wouldn't say it's an, intro, an entry level one but I think if you kind of like want to mix it up or try something that feels totally different I really recommend the Sona. I thought it was like a very interesting toy to play around with and I think it could be great during sex as well. I think um, yeah it was one of the things that I tried. It's very hard to surprise me in terms of sex toys at this point because I've been reviewing them and writing about them for years and this was when lots of people will say something is new when it isn't this is genuinely brand new yeah I saw your piece of Metro and you were like it just really surprised me it just it really it genuinely shocked me like in a good way but it really did and I think yeah it's not where I would say you should start I would also say that I got a little bit I wouldn't say addicted to it but it became my default way to orgasm and actually I had to take a couple of weeks off it to like rediscover mm. coming from like either being touched or having oral sex or um, that, yeah way it can it has the potential to replace everything it else it really does and I think that's and, and that's fine if that's what you want but I like to be able to keep my orgasms varied so I now use it as like maybe a special treat Ooh. rather than my default <laughs> treat yourself day exactly <laughs> so it's £119 available from lila.com and use the code lila for you for 20% off we now have our asking questions section it's um ask me anything and we are talking to daisy buchanan one of our absolute faves who is the author of how to be a grown-up which is uh, published by headline and available online and in bookshops and anywhere really that has good taste in books um and we are going to be asking her questions in her capacity as a (laughs) grown-up so daisy today's show is about self-love and also masturbation. That has been what we've been, we've been talking about body image and how to feel good in a relationship and how to feel more confident in the bedroom. Um, so my first question to you is what, what are some tips that you could share that if you're feeling nervous and kind of insecure, perhaps with body image and uh, with your partner, like what, what tips can you share for building up your confidence? I think that ideally you're going to have a partner that you really, really trust. I think that when you're intimate with them that, you know, you're at your most vulnerable and you want to make sure that you're with someone who absolutely respects that and understands that and wants to make you feel as comfortable as possible. However, when you really like someone and you really fancy someone, um, certainly speaking for myself, I get nervous and I know that relaxing is not the easiest thing to do. I think it's about really just doing everything that makes you feel good, you know, rituals before sort of, you know, dates and things or any sexy times, you know, you need to, I think, be very clear that you kind of, that you want to have sex with yourself and, you know, yourself in a desirable way. You know, things like lingerie are great, but 
you know, maybe focus on how things feel rather than how they look. So one of the things we talked about earlier, coming off the back of the lingerie thing, is wanting to keep your bra on during sex or wanting to have the lights off during sex. Do you think that even though that's not like maybe the ideal, do you think it's totally fine to do that if that's what makes you feel comfortable? Oh my goodness, yes. Whenever it comes to sex, just doesn't matter what is the done. There is no done thing as long as you are happy with what's being done to you and the person you're doing things to is happy with what's being done to them. I'm sure, you know, we talk about porn and the influence that's had. Anyone who's watched any amount of Hollywood films will just think that, you know, women keep their bra on during sex anyway. or you know, And then wrap themselves in a sheet afterwards. Exactly. You know, you see nothing. So, I mean, one thing that might be fun is I'm a big fan of a, a soft bra and maybe you could consider looking for something that's not your sort of standard. I tend to um, wear a wire for support's sake, but you could look for perhaps different bra shapes that give you that bit of support, but that do feel a little bit more, you know, comfier and easier to move in. And yet again, you know, with the lights off, you know, I think that's really quite sexy, actually. You can kind of make a, a game out of it, you know, because you are a bit, you know, disinhibited, aren't you? It's kissing someone when you get out of the pub and all the lights have gone off or at a school disco. That's a weird thing to talk about I'm sure but yeah I think the big thing is to just think beforehand about what makes you comfortable and really really own it because if you're thinking oh god we're gonna do it and I've got to say I want the lights off and they're gonna judge me that's that's a horrible boner killer for want of a better expression for everyone and I think that you just need to convince yourself that you know, whatever you want and need is going to be okay. And if anyone has a problem with that, it's their problem. And it's a bigger problem because you shouldn't be sleeping with someone who makes you feel weird about the stuff that makes you feel more comfortable. I think one of the things that uh, we've heard a lot today is uh, people whose partners have felt uncomfortable about their masturbating. Uh, what would you say if somebody was dating somebody who's who was uncomfortable with their masturbating? Is that a dumpable offence? Um, sorry, do you mean... Is it is masturbation dumpable? So, as an if 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 my so the girl is masturbating, if the boyfriend is unhappy with the girlfriend or other girlfriend uh, masturbating, yeah, I think that requires a serious conversation because don't knock masturbation. Is sex with someone you love? I'm sure you said earlier <laughs> it's a really great way of getting to know your body and any masturbating that any party is doing is only going to enhance your sex life in the long run i think it might be reasonable to have some questions or concerns if you like, think we've not had sex in ages and ages and ages but you've been masturbating every day that is i think when you need to have a conversation about it if someone feels as though the sort of the, the sex you have within your relationship is being negatively impacted by the the masturbating but you know it's it's your body and it's totally up to you yeah I, th- I think you're right I think it's I think it's that tricky thing about if if it's taking if you feel like it's taking away from your sex life you need to think about a whether that's a reasonable response and b whether it's true and then maybe if it is that's a time to have a conversation but mm. not to sort of slut shame somebody for wanting some alone time mm. oh my goodness no you know it's um it's very relaxing if you've not got time for an afternoon nap. <laughs> a good old time. Quite handy. Take a few minutes. But yeah, but also if you're masturbating because you're not being fulfilled by the sex you're having with your partner, you know, and if you're sort of, I mean, not that sex is necessarily all about orgasms and, you know, that's not something that everyone experiences. But if you are having a much more sort of fulfilled time on your own than with your partner, again, I think it's probably worth having a conversation about that because you ultimately you know you want to be working together that's a very unsexy way of putting it isn't it yes teamwork what do you think about we we um had somebody message us recently we were talking about you know what would you like to hear about and somebody said to us recently that they don't masturbate because they're nervous and they're not sure how to do it and they feel weird is there anything we can say to people like that maybe to reassure them they're not weird that's totally okay i think that perhaps now um as an old millennial aged 33 (laughs) i'm really aware that we live in this crazily goal-oriented culture And there isn't much that we do for the sake of slow pleasure and exploration. We're always rushing and rushing and rushing to find the end point of everything. Um, And, you know, and I think we apply that to sort of fitness and exercise and, you know, travel. It's when you talk about someone going on holiday and they say, yeah, well, I've 
done Portugal, <laughs> done Spain. It's like Thailand. You no, know, you can't. You know, no, nothing is done, and it's the same with your body. That is a lifetime of exploring. If you'll forgive the very cheesy segue. No, I think that's very. I think it's a good segue. It's a really important message. Well, I think it's if you've got the urge to touch, then you know, just just touch away and relax. A long time ago, I interviewed a woman uh, for Grazia who. She, um, she's not ever had an orgasm and I think she's in her late 30s early 40s but she still likes that sensation of stroking and exploring and I think that it can be self-soothing as much as anything else I think that if you I think there's an element of meditation to it isn't there yeah definitely you know it's my goodness I'd say it's worth it because if, if you're not looking at your phone maybe you are looking at your phone I'm not judging but <laughs> if you're not messaging at least anything that brings you right back into your body is good even if it's only for a moment and it might be that you do it for five seconds and think oh this is weird and then you either never do it again or you build up to it but the only thing that matters about your how you have sex and when and where and who with is that you feel happy and comfortable and relaxed and that if other another person or other people are involved they are you know consenting with a full and joyous heart well i feel like that's a really good place to leave it because what a message what a lesson for the for message thank you so much daisy for sharing your advice and if anybody wants to find you well you are currently on internet pause aren't you but in the future if people would like to follow you you are at not roller girl that's right and at the daisy b like a buzzing bee on instagram and i will be um back in september um showing off about all the things i did in august well i was offline and in the meantime if people need to hear more from you they'll have to buy your book that's right it is um an audio book as well if you want to have the advice in your ears while you walk around Ooh. well if you're listening to this you clearly love audio things so where do you buy it for audiobook on amazon uh, yeah it's on audible or audible which is amazon there we go that's it thank you so much daisy thank you daisy it's been a pleasure <laughs> what a pun <laughs> thanks daisy you are absolutely dreaming you're a star Well, if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. There's a new episode out every Monday and rate and review so more people can find it. I think we have a very interesting chat today, haven't we, Bex? I think we have. I I think we've been really lucky how everybody's been so honest and open. And I think the main thing that I take away whenever we talk about this is that everybody has their issues with their bodies and their relationship with their bodies. Um, But masturbation is a good way to try and get past that. Definitely. Um, So, yeah. And also, if again, if there's anything you would like to hear more of, less of, any thoughts, any ideas, get in touch with us. We are at Jelly Malin and at Rebecca CN Reed. Until next week. been a candy store production hosted by angelica malin and rebecca reed produced by van connor sex with os by mobile steam unit appears under creative commons 3.0 visit candy store productions at candystoreproductions.co.uk ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.